This is Why Libertarian, the show dedicated to telling the stories of libertarians new and old, promoting libertarian values, and fighting against authoritarians, statists, feds, and anyone else who would like to steal your liberty and freedom. I am Matthew Strzok, and I would like to thank you for tuning in to this episode. Enjoy. It is Monday night. I am Matt. This is Why Libertarian. Happy Monday to everyone. Uh, This is where you come for your now nightly dose of liberty. Um, Before I get rolling, we're going to be talking about the lottery today. I think everyone knows that it sucks, but we're going to talk about just how badly the lottery sucks, especially when it's run by the state. So before we get rolling, like, comment, subscribe, share, hit the notification bell, retweet get this out there and you're going to find out that this information is actually really good to share out there with your friends that may be playing the lottery so definitely share it out there and retweet it um something also i don't take i don't have uh, sponsorships i am not monetized on any of the social media platforms um where i do make uh, a little bit of coin is on the blockchain so uh if you do hit me up go to my uh well, it's running across right here. Um, the uh, link tree that I have set up, I have the uh, links to all of the various outlets where you can get in contact with me, subscribe, um, and a couple of those are on the blockchain, one of which being Odyssey. So upvotes and things like that definitely get me um, some some uh, you know remuneration on Odyssey in terms of the tokens that they got going over there, and especially on the Hive blockchain. Anything that you see on Hive, Um, I am more than happy to have you upvote that stuff and interact with it, Um, and we can both earn that way. So definitely look those up and and hit up those options. Um, I would say the the other thing here is that um, I just put a ton of episodes. I was falling behind because the blessing and the curse of going every single night, Monday through Friday, is tons of content to edit. And so I put up like 16 new podcasts up on the actual podcast channel. So if you haven't seen any of the episodes or haven't listened to them and you would prefer to listen to them, definitely go over and check out on Linktree. I have the Anchor uh, link on there to check out all of the episodes. Also, if you listen to podcasts on, you know, Apple Podcasts or Google Play or whatever, uh, Spotify, you can check it out there as well and find those episodes as well. Um, (laughs) If I win the lottery, I'm not sharing it with you. I, I would not blame you, especially after you see the numbers that come from state-run lottery, all right? So let's get into it. Um, so uh, I think most people know that the lottery is a really crappy deal. Um, I don't think that they truly understand how crappy it really is. And it really is basically a scam run by an organized crime syndicate known as state government. Uh, it, it is really sinister, and you're going to see just the numbers are ridiculous, ridiculous, all right? So let's start with some basic statistics, all right? Your odds of winning the Mega Millions, which is the, the big one, right? The multi, multi-state, multi usually the big numbers. I think the biggest ever put out, ever won, uh, was like over a billion from the Mega Millions, ironically, uh, your chances of winning that lottery is 1 in 302 million, all right? So basically, every single time they run the lottery, on average, one person in the entire population, almost in the United States, wins. And that's if 
330 million tickets are sold. So you got to remember that because of the combination of numbers that go into it. So let's put that in the perspective. It's like really weird. All right, like one in 302 million. What the fuck does that mean? Um, so let's put it in perspective. So uh, you have a one in 2.3 million chance of being killed, not hit, killed by lightning, which means the lottery is 150 times less likely to happen, meaning you're 150 times more likely to be hit and killed by lightning. One in 3.4 million chance of dying after coming in contact with a venomous animal or plant. That happens 10 times more frequently than someone winning the lottery. And then one in 10 million chance of being struck by, a by falling airplane parts. One in 10 million chance. That is 30 times more likely than you winning the lottery. So obviously this is a like ridiculously minuscule chance of actually winning the millions and millions that are offered so therein is already enough to be like all right this is the dumbest thing i've ever heard i have a very small chance i'm basically putting money in with a, a near zero chance of winning the lottery right um but every single year people throw millions and millions of dollars actually in new jersey alone i'll show you what the actual take is by the state it's on the order of billions of dollars every single year to try and win the lottery. All right, so the first thing that we're looking at here is, all right, who plays the lottery? That's the big thing, right? Like, if it's rich people, who gives a shit about those people? Like, just let them burn their money and freaking sit in their ivory towers and it doesn't matter. So who actually plays the lottery? Well, there was actually a survey done by Bankrate. I think this was 2018, end of 2018. This was the most recent one I could find. Um, among households in the lowest income bracket, okay, over a quarter of them play the lottery at least once a week. That says at least once a week, a quarter of them in the lowest income bracket, the poorest of the poor, one in four playing at least once a week. Um, financially strapped households, okay, spend on average $412.00. Uh, every single year on lottery tickets, 412 bucks. So if you're poor, $412, like it means something, okay? If you're wealthy, I mean, you probably have a, one shoe is worth $412. These people are poor and they're spending $412 to try and hope the lottery gets them out of poverty. Um, and then the Census Bureau in 2019 actually put that amount. So this was done in 2018. The Census Bureau actually ran this number and i couldn't find the full report but they actually put it at potentially twice that amount meaning the poorest of the poor are spending anywhere in between 400 and 800 dollars a year on the state run lottery all right well that's all right if a lot of the money goes to people right like if the state run lottery actually had a really good payout then all right maybe it makes sense like maybe one lucky person gets a really decent payout and the state isn't necessarily leeching off of this vice. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, all right, so the next thing that we're moving on to is, um, the like, what compels someone to play the lottery? Like, why would someone want to play the lottery, especially if they were poor and they didn't have a ton of resources? Well, there's actually a number of, like, psychological papers and statistical studies and socioeconomic studies that have been done on 
why poor people play the lottery and games of chance. And um, I don't have the, the full copy of this article up for you. This is just the abstract. But what it basically boils down to is whatever your peers do. So your family members, your close relatives and friends, if they play, you're more likely to play, right? And so if you're poor and if you're chasing the potential of being able to be removed from poverty because of you know this magical lottery ticket, um, the others around you that see you playing the game are more inclined to play the game, all right? It's not like there's other stories about why it is and things like that. It's It really just has to do with collective behavior. That's it. It's the people around you, all right? So I, what's also interesting, I don't know if anyone, anyone has ever seen this statistic, but the uh, rate at which people go bankrupt um, when they win or after they win the lottery is the same as people that don't win the lottery. And it just, it just takes them a little while longer because when you win $100 million, it takes some time to spend that money. But eventually, if you're bad with money, it doesn't matter how much money you're given. Part of the reason why politicians are very bad with other people's money. Um, so just remember that. It doesn't matter how much money you have. If you are bad with money, you're screwed, okay? Having money doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be successful or you're going to be able to hold on to it. All right, so they're looking to their peer group. People around them uh, play the lottery, and so they do too. Some of it's communal, and some of it is you're poor as fuck, I'm poor as fuck, we both should play, and then maybe one of us escapes, right? But like we already said, you know, it's it's kind of like spitting in the ocean. You, you have z literally, statistically, z almost zero chance of winning, okay? So... Let's find out how much money is actually wrapped up in this, uh, how should I put it, wrapped up in this scam, which is basically what it is, okay? Just an awful game of chance that does nothing but bilk money from people, Most, a lot of them poor people, all right? And uh, how much money is spent on this, all right? Let me pull up the actual financial report from, and I'm going to focus on the state of New Jersey, all right? So in the state of New Jersey, every single year, I think most states do this, you have to file an annual financial report for the actual lottery, all right? And so in 2019, I'm just going to give you the highlights. Almost $3.5 billion worth of lottery tickets were sold. And I say that again because it's a big damn number. $3.5 billion worth of lottery tickets were sold. Um, approximately $2 billion uh, goes to the prizes, all right? So $2 billion gets paid out, $3.5 billion went in, all right? So you might already be seeing a problem. Let's also look at, uh, well, are they really good with expenses? I mean, like maybe the expenses are high and that's why that $1.5 billion difference between those two numbers is so big. Well, they pay $198 million in commissions to the retailers. So when you sell a lottery ticket at like, you know, 7-Eleven or, or the convenience store or gas station or whatever, if someone wins, you actually get a cut of that as the owner that's, that's providing that terminal. So they do give some more additional of that money to the, the actual retail outlets. Well, typically the individual owners of those stores that are selling those. $47 million 
goes to a company or an organization by the name of North Star New Jersey. This is essentially the in-house monopoly on printing the scratch-offs and making sure that all of the machines are up and running and printing all of the tickets and the marketing material and things like that. There's $62 million paid in vendor fees. And so basically that has to do with all of the support infrastructure and everything like that. $9 million in administrative expense. So that's all the people that work at the lottery. And then here's the big one. $1.1 billion is considered operating income, meaning after all those expenses are paid, $1.1 billion is left. So about $400 million of it gets eaten up by that handful of expenses. Where does the $1.1 billion go? Well, interestingly enough, there's actually, and before we get to that, there's actually a requirement in New Jersey that a minimum of 30% of net revenues from the ticket sales go to the state of New Jersey, right? So they can't make anything less than 30%. Regardless of how much money goes into the lottery, they get 30%. And that goes into the budget, and you're going to see how they spend it, all right? So in 2017, Chris Christie in New Jersey decided that, all right, we have an underfunded public uh, worker pension. We used to put the proceeds from the lottery into you know, the school districts and invest in education in New Jersey. But what we're gonna do is we're gonna take that money instead and we're gonna pay down the, the basically the whole of all of these gigantic empty promises that we've given these folks in the pension system, the public worker pension system. And that money now goes into the public pension system. All right. So. $1.1 billion in 2019 went into the public worker pension system from people playing the lottery. All right, so uh, let's ask this. All right, so you've already not gotten all of the money back, right? Like a portion gets eaten up by expenses, a big chunk goes to the state and is now going towards public worker pensions. Um, when you win, how does this get taxed? Like, is it just tax-free money? I mean, you're buying it with after-tax money, right? Like they don't allow you to buy lottery tickets pre-tax like in, like in an IRA or anything. So how do they tax it? Well, after you've already paid tax on your money, you buy your lottery ticket, your winnings, the state automatically withholds 5% for any win over 10 grand, all right? And they withhold 8% for any prize in excess of 500,000. Why do they do that? Why is it that they're withholding tax right at the point of you getting paid? Well, interestingly enough, it counts as income. And so they're pre-holding tax for what is going to be due, you know, around this time of year, every single year on that money that went into the lottery and you got paid out. All right. So they're going to withhold some. The winnings are actually added to your taxable income and they can move you to a higher tax bracket, meaning that one big hit, or if you take the annuity, which is typically the better option, but you still end up paying way more, I think way more in tax if you take the annuity. Um, but so the winnings are added to your taxable income. So, you know, no good deed goes unpunished, right? Like you won, but you really didn't win. Uh, the top New Jersey tax rate right now in the state, if you get one of these big lottery wins, 10.75%. All right, so we've already cut down the amount of money by $1.5 billion that went in, okay? That got shaved off the top and eaten up. 
Then on the tail end, we've got 10.75% potentially in tax to the state. Well, the feds also want a piece of this too, because you know it's technically income or apparently it's technically income. So they want a piece as well. So guess what? The IRS withholds 25% automatically on this stuff, or you can get popped into the highest federal tax bracket, which is 37%. So are you starting to get like the picture? Like, do you understand where I'm going with this? This is like, so they, they already shaved off a big piece and now all of a sudden they're going to get you on the back end too. So these like, millions and billions that you think you were going to make now all of a sudden begin to shrink really quickly. And so I'm not even talking, I mean, like that's in the perspective of the individual who thinks like, oh, I won a billion dollar lottery. I'm going to get a billion dollars. Wrong. You're not going to get a billion dollars. You're going to get significantly less than that. And you're also going to get screwed on the back end once you go to file for your taxes. So what does this all mean? What, what does it all look like in the end? It means that basically the payout on the lottery winnings is 60%. So when you take in 3.5 billion and you pay out to, you know, up to almost 2.1 billion in cash prizes, you're basically paying out 60% of what you take in. So right then and there, 40% goes to expense and or the state workers' pensions in here in New Jersey. All right. So, uh, that basically means that a huge percentage, and if you look at the, the difference between the expense and what goes to the actual state, the state is getting 31 to 32% of that, right? About 8% is expenses and the kickbacks to this one company that does all the work and everything like that, okay? So 31.7% goes straight to the state, and right now it's public worker pensions. Now... Let's talk about the potential tax that you might get nailed for winning on this. Well, if you get nailed, if you if you are lucky enough to win 10 million, 100 million, 50 million, you know, 500 million dollars in the mega millions or one of these other lotteries, what is the highest amount of potential tax that you could pay? 47.75%. That's right. 47 Point seven five percent. That means that the forty-seven point seven five is the combination of the state and federal taxes after they already took their forty percent off of the top. Right now, granted that tax is being applied to the sixty percent that you're getting paid out, so it's so it's not like additive, but that basically means that. 31 and a third percent of every single dollar is all that ends up in the winner's pockets. That means over two thirds of all of that $3.5 billion in 2019, New Jersey took in for the lottery, two thirds, over two thirds, is either expense or paid to the state and federal government. Are you fucking kidding me? You hand them a dollar, they cut a third of it off, give it back to you, and they keep two-thirds. That is absolute, like, that's not even highway robbery. That's that's freaking, like, at the point of a gun, like, and, and, like, they kick dirt in your eye at the end. Like, it is, that is the most egregious thing I've ever heard in my entire life. And so, here's the other thing that you can think about. The average slot machine in Nevada 
pays out, not everyone wins this, but in aggregate, pays out 95%. Pays out 95%. And then you get taxed off of the 95. Here, they take a 40% cut right off the top and then tax you off the tail end. It ends up being dramatically more in terms of their take from the lottery than it does when they're taxing you when you win at the casino. So answer number one or solution number one is if you want to gamble, don't buy lottery tickets. Go to the casino. you got better odds. And the taxes are actually uh, more favorable when you win from the casino. And they'll rake you over the coals too if you won from the casino. But you're actually better off going and playing at the casino than you are playing their rigged game that no matter what, they always win, right? Here's the other thing. If you are going to play, based off of the statistics and the odds that are associated with playing the lottery, and this is a, a, a friend of mine told me this who is basically like an analyst for an off-Wall Street firm, and, and it, the math is spot on, all right? Only buy two entries. That's it. If you have to play, you're just jonesing, you want to play the lottery, you want that shot at the $300 million or whatever, buy two entries. That's it. Why? The first entry gets you in. So if you don't buy the first entry, you have a 0% chance. You have, you have a, a zero in infinity or one in affinity chance of winning. You won't win, right? So you need the first uh, entry in order to have a chance at winning. The second entry cuts the odds or basically doubles your odds of winning. Okay, so it cuts it from, you know, one in 304 million or whatever it is to like one in 150 million. Still crappy odds, but you've basically paid in, you know, double and you've got, gotten back, you know, better odds times two. The reason why you don't buy the third one is because the third one doesn't give you the same amount of return in terms of increasing your chance of winning. You end up putting another dollar in, and this time, as opposed to your your odds, you know, basically doubling, they they less than double, okay? And so you're not getting back the same return. And the same thing is true with each additional dollar that you put in. You get less and less and less benefit from getting an additional entry. So if you have to play the lottery, please only play two entries. Do not do anything more than that. It is... A, it just you'd be better off rolling the dollar bill and lighting it on fire and smoking it. It would have, it would actually probably be better for you. Please don't do that, but it would probably be better for you. Um, so if you're gonna play, remember only two entries. If here, here, here is something that this is how government takes. This is how government takes something that folks want to do. They take away the freedom to be able to do it, and they give it back to you in such a way that they say, see, you're able to do it, but it is the most bastardized, awful, uh, freaking fraudulent, like corrupt thing after they give it back to you. It's, it's no longer simple. It's no longer just a pure transaction. It is literally just fleecing everyone collectively out of money, knowing full well that over a quarter of poor people play this and basically light hundreds of dollars every single year on fire that that is an absolute atrocity so what are the alternatives 
Like, what can we do? Well, you could privatize it, which is why I said go to the casino. At least the casino is is uh, giving you a better payout overall. And that is a, you know, I, I'm stuck for an idea, you know, a, a thought of whether or not there's actually a, I don't think there's any government-run casinos. I mean, they might as well be because basically the government is involved in every single penny that they make as well. But because the government has a pure monopoly on the lottery, you see the results. Over two-thirds is just taken. Taken. Stolen. Okay? It is a tax. It is a tax. Ransom Whiskey saying, it, but it goes to the education fund. It used to. Even that's not spent well in this state. It used to. It doesn't go there anymore. It goes to fill the hole in the pension system as of 2017. Thank you, Chris Christie. I appreciate your service as the right wing of the Democratic Party in New Jersey. So what's the answer? Or what's a better free market solution? Another free market solution is something called prize-linked savings. If you don't know what it is after the episode, Google it. It's actually a fantastic idea. It's this idea that you could have a savings account that attaches to it entries into a monthly lottery. And so with any bank, when you put money into the savings account, they're going to lend it out and make more money out of it, okay? Well, that prize link savings account, putting that money in there gives you a certain number of entries to be able to win a, a larger portion of the overall interest that that bank makes, okay? So you might not make anything most months. In fact, the majority of months, you're not going to make anything. But with most banks that offer something like that, your odds are going to be exceptionally better than winning the state-run lottery or one of these multi-state lotteries. There's no way you're winning it, okay? In a prize link savings account, maybe it's you and a thousand other depositors or two other th two thousand other depositors. Well, guess what? You have a one in two thousand chance of winning. That's way better than playing the lottery. And I'm not saying that you put all of your money into this because over time you're not going to win a bunch. You'd be better off putting a little bit into this and then a lot into things that have a guaranteed return on them. But if you have to gamble, if you have to put, you know, some money on the line and have a shot, then what you should do is do something that means that you won't lose anything. Do something that actually doesn't just light your money on fire. And more importantly, do something that doesn't necessarily immediately, I'm not saying it doesn't, but it doesn't immediately end up in the hands of bureaucrats, tyrants, and thieves. Prize link savings accounts. Here's the key, though. A number of states don't allow them because of regulations. You heard me right. They won't allow you to run a prize link savings if you're an independent bank in, the, in, mo in many states. There are a lot of states that are pushing to change that and remove those regulations. I can't think of a single reason other than the fact that it competes with the damn state lottery as to why it's regulated that way. But there are private market solutions that are out there. So what's the bigger what's the bigger picture here? Matt, what's up, man? Matt's tuning in. Ransom Whiskey telling me, I've maxed out all my credit cards on cash advances. I bought 1,500 lottery tickets. <laughs> that's like retirement. That's, that's guaranteed, right? You can't lose. Um, 
I've actually heard, I didn't look at scratch-offs, I've actually heard scratch-offs are a little bit better in terms of the chances are, in fact, I think they're much better in terms of the chances of winning, but they still suck. I mean, it all sucks, right? Um, but so, so what's the take-home? The take-home is this is yet another in a long line of um, things that should be private, something that you should be able to access and basically buy into or purchase on your own without having to worry about government involvement. And in this case, it's not even government involvement. It's literally government monopoly over the actual game. And there's no reason why it should exist. There's absolutely no reason why states should run lotteries. It is the biggest abomination ever. It is a tax. It is a stealth tax. You've seen the numbers or you've heard the numbers, right? Two thirds of it gets eaten up. A third of it ends up in the hands of the people who end up playing the game. That is a stealth tax. Is it, a, it is a way of getting money into a process that results in tax revenue at the end of the day. It's the same thing with increasing minimum wage. It's the same thing with a number of other schemes that they have going on associated with retirement accounts and things like that. That's exactly what it is. It is a stealthful, corrupt, evil way of being able to take not just a little bit more, a shit ton more of your money. Over 67 cents out of every single dollar that goes into the lottery ends up in their filthy, traitorous, thieving hands. Only a third of it ends up in the actual pockets of people who play the game. And this happens time and time again. I know you've heard that the lottery is dumb. I know you've heard that the lottery is, you know, just another uh, income stream for the state. But I don't think people know just how bad this is. Two-thirds of the overall money that goes into it. This is atrocious. Matt saying, I should do that for some crypto gains. That's that's interesting. I, I got to tell you, the crypto scene, if you are watching this, if you are not on any of the blockchains, dude, some of the crypto uh, kind of algorithms that are built to allow the pool of crypto to grow includes things similar to a prize link savings account where if you keep that crypto invested or or in that platform you get rewarded and some of it is like a traditional type you know apy three percent or whatever on hive that you get for keeping your money in every month or every year but on other platforms, sometimes they have larger pools for curation and your activity and things like that that also get rewarded to you based off of your activity. And that that should be. You should own your activity. And your activity, if it's bringing value to the ecosystem, you should get paid for it. You should get paid for your time. A lot of these blockchains that are out there that afford that are, are recognizing the fact that you deserve to get paid for the data that you're, or not necessarily the data, but the, the content that you're putting out there. Regardless of whether it's, you know, me sitting here yelling at you every night, Monday through Friday at 7 Eastern, or if it's, you know, 
if you're a photographer, or if you're a, 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 a writer, or if you're a, a, you know, a musician, or a performer, or a comedian, or if you give advice on finance and things like that, all of those things add value to an ecosystem, okay? There are ton, literally millions of people, wherever you're watching me right now, on the platform that you're watching me on, that add value every single day. There's millions of people that also don't, but the ones that add value every single day on those platforms, they deserve to, to earn, right? But almost like the state lottery, what they earn is a pittance compared to the actual value that they bring to the platform. That's why I'm such a big advocate for decentralization and blockchain technology and getting away from centralized pretty much everything. The state lottery is one of the biggest examples, most egregious examples of how centralized control over any kind of transaction or plan or program or process is, is bad. It's awful. It is guaranteed to either end up in failure or theft. And the government's really good at both of those, let me tell you. Um, Matt said, should take out loans for the centrally controlled fiat before the dollar collapses. I, I'm i telling you, the, I, it sounds like a lot of people out there are talking like Chicken Little, uh, or, or they're saying, like, if you say something like that, you sound like Chicken Little. I'm telling you, man, there, there are some ripples happening right now in the financial world that we haven't seen in a long time. We have a housing market that is, uh, could be on the verge of collapse based off of essentially the same shit that we dealt with in 2007, 2008. And this time, the, the, price, the price increase, okay, has gone exponential in certain areas, and it's been done not because of, like, this long-term buying effect. It's because of this short-term pandemic and how they've artificially, you know, restricted supply, restricted the movement of people, restricted the ability of people to purchase. And so there's tons of people out there with a lot of cash that are buying houses um, and they're buying them up in droves. Uh, you also have a situation where a ton of the property in this country could end up being owned by you know, private equity and things like that. And the moment the market starts to take a little bit of a dip down, dude, they will vomit that stuff up in two seconds flat. And then you have 0708 times 1,000. I'm, I'm not saying that it's a definite, but I'm saying it's possible. But you know what? Whether it's the lottery, whether it's housing, whether it's, you know, uh, federal interest rates by the Fed, every single one of these are centralized, basically scams. That's what they are. They're essentially elaborate thefts, right? A lot of them are Ponzi schemes. Some of them are bait and switch. All of them result in more money from your pocket, your productivity basically being stolen from you at the, at the end of a gun, mind you, so that the state can line its pockets and its cronies' pockets. The state lottery is a perfect example of that very thing. So, look, it's a short episode tonight. I appreciate you joining me. Um, I Let me pull up the schedule for the rest of the week. It's actually a couple of things are in flux here for the week. So uh, the um, I have two days here that are kind of like open in terms of the uh, in terms of the actual schedule. But 
Um, tonight we talked about lotteries. Tomorrow night we got Nathan on from DBuzz. DBuzz is an app on the Hive blockchain. DBuzz is a competitor of Twitter, all right? So Nathan's going to talk to us about the origins of DBuzz, what you can do on there, and uh, you know we'll continue talking about why you should migrate or at least keep one foot in the blockchain world and one foot in traditional social media um, because if the lights go out in traditional social media, at least you have somewhere else to go and it's somewhere else that is you know censorship resistant and you own a stake of it. You can actually earn and become a part of a really productive community. Wednesday and Thursday are up in the air. I have a couple of invites out. I'm waiting to see. Could be exciting. We'll see who shows up. Um, but yeah, I'm waiting to hear from a couple of people on those two nights. And then Friday, we end up the week with the Libertarian candidate for governor of the state of New Jersey, Greg Neely, just put out an awesome commercial, pro 2A commercial, along with Nick Magner, who's running for state assembly in New Jersey. If you have not seen it, hit up their social media feeds and definitely check it out. That commercial is the bomb. It is awesome. It is one of the best pro 2A commercials I've seen pretty much anywhere, but specifically here in New Jersey, where even, you know, constitutional conservatives uh, are few and far between. And even if they say it in private, they are very, you know, they're not apt, apt to say it in public and say it with as much emphasis as these two gentlemen um, did it in this commercial. So if you're not currently following either Greg or Nick, definitely get on their social media feeds and look up that commercial because it was absolutely fantastic. Um, that's pretty much it. That's all I got for tonight. Uh, again, tomorrow night we're going to be back with Decentralize Everything. Look, I appreciate all of you. Thank you very much for joining me this evening. Um, and, you know, as always, quick reminder, if you're uh, watching this recorded or still on the live, like, comment, subscribe, share, notification bell, retweet. Please share it out there. And please connect with me on blockchain. Uh, we will talk more decentralization tomorrow night. Peace. There are so many reasons to decentralize, whether it's lack of control over your own data, platforms where you are the product and get paid little to no money, or censorship and government oversight into your personal communications. That's why I'm taking a journey to decentralize my social media as well as my life. Make sure to subscribe, hit the notification bell, and check out the Decentralize Everything playlist on this channel. Whether you're curious or looking to decentralize too, I would love your company as I make a move to break free, take control, and decentralize everything.